Good morning, friends. How's everybody doing today? Well, my microphone came in. If you listened to yesterday's, you know that I just kind of recorded on my phone and just went with it. So the microphone's in. I'm hoping there's better sound. I'm still in my bathroom getting ready for the day. So I'm just getting my makeup off my face from yesterday because I was a little tired and didn't take my makeup off at nighttime like I should. But I'm hoping to start creating some new habits so that I do those things that I really need to do. So, so today I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about while I got ready. <clears throat> and my thought was, my thought was that I would talk about um, getting into speaking and, and kind of how that happened. Um, so what's interesting is, is I, I honestly like never saw myself being a speaker or um, doing anything in the public eye. Um, I was very quiet <laughs> as a child. Um, I came from a home where you were basically seen and not heard. And I watched my sister kind of bump up against the, the status quo with that. You know, she would fight with my mom and I would just watch how that did not end in her favor. And so I learned early on to stay quiet. I learned early on that if you speak up or speak out, you know, it was worse than if you stayed quiet. So I was pretty quiet. I learned that, you know, speaking up for yourself was not beneficial. Um, <laughs> I learned that just lots of bad habits. I became a people pleaser early on, <coughs> excuse me, became a people pleaser. Um, I don't like conflict. I still don't. And I'm still a people pleaser. Um, I am learning um, more as I grow. I mean, I'm almost 50 and I'm just learning some of this stuff now. But um, certain things that I won't allow in my life and things that I do want in my life. And so I'm trying to set boundaries around those things. But this all stems from like my childhood and, and being quiet and learning to stay invisible almost. So I think it's interesting that I did end up being a speaker um, and, you know, to use my voice to hopefully impact people and make their lives better somehow. So this never would have been possible if there were, if I hadn't made some of the choices in my life that I made. So I worked at a clinic in a hospital. I started at the clinic in, oh gosh, what year now? 1998. And I worked at registration. Sorry, I'm putting my foundation on. So if you hear noises, that's what it is. I'm, I'm doing my makeup. So as I said, this is a very imperfect sort of show because I just want it to be like I'm just sitting here talking directly to you, whoever's on the other end listening, which hopefully is just a friend because that's what I want this to, to be like. So, um, where was I? So I started the clinic in 1998 and then I. Let's see, where did I go? I'm trying to think what year it was when I began in transcription. I think it was around 2001. <clears throat> I started in transcription and then, <laughs> excuse me, I started working for the hospital in 2007. And I worked transcription mainly. Um, I became the lead transcriptionist um, at some point. I don't know what year it was when I became lead transcriptionist. It's all kind of a blur now. But, um, and then I... I ended up moving over to a medical coding because the transcription department 
was going to be outsourcing its work. Um, so I was almost out of a job. But fortunately, um, my boss had definitely had my best interest at heart to keep me on, and she had offered to train me in medical coding. So, you know, if you're kind of getting the gist, I, if you know anything about medical coding um, and medical transcription, you're basically in a cubicle by yourself <laughs> doing your job. So it's not like I was on the phone. It's not very, um, <clears throat> you don't work with like the public. It's not customer service. You're just kind of in your own little world and I liked it that way. And what I, what I would do is I would listen to audiobooks while I coded, which seems, it seems kind of crazy to some people when I tell them that. They're like, how could you code and listen to audiobooks? Well, I wasn't like listening to, um, <clears throat> you know, fiction with deep plots. I was listening to um, nonfiction, self-help, um, personal development type of books where I could kind of glean what they were saying and I could work, but I also learned recently learned that I probably have an undiagnosed uh, ADHD because while I'm coding or while I'm trying to complete a task, my brain is like working in the background. It, it is going through my grocery list. It's thinking about things from when I was like 10 years old. Um, it's just, it's, it's not fully focusing on the task at hand. And so I had to kind of learn if I needed, if I wanted to stay focused, that I actually had to distract my, I don't know what you would call it, not my subconscious brain, but kind of distract that brain in the background of my head that was like working overtime, solving problems, making grocery lists. Um, just, it, it's just kind of crazy. So I, I figured that listening to these audiobooks um, actually helped. It's what, what definitely helped keep me focused. It seems like, again, it sounds crazy to say out loud sometimes, but anyways, back to the point. See, I get distracted easily. <clears throat> so I was working, listening to an audiobook um, by Pam Grout. And I, I keep saying I'm going to go back and figure out which book it was. It was either E cubed or E squared, uh, one of those books. I think whichever one comes first. So I think probably E squared it was in. By the way, it's a fantastic book. I learned so much from Pam Grout about manifestation, laws of attraction. Um, she's very scientific, which I liked, um, but also very relatable. Okay, so I'm listening to the book and I'm working and I don't even know why she brought this, up, but in the book she mentioned this movement by a man named Will Bowen called The Complaint-Free World. Now, if you're someone who knows me and has known me for a while, you know that I Obviously, I came from child abuse, but I also came from a domestic abuse situation as well. And, you know, that takes a toll on you. It really, pardon my language, but it fucks with your mindset. It fucks with your self-esteem and your confidence. And I had to realize that I had to kind of reprogram my own brain to think differently, to believe in myself. And because I was finally like in a healthy relationship with my, my now husband, <clears throat> Not even because this was in oh let's see January of 2017 um, when I was reading this book and you know I was like you know I just really want to work on myself I wanted to you know not be so hard on myself have such confidence issues and so I was reading these books and Pam Grout does a great job so anyways when she mentioned the complaint free world I remember kind of just stopping the audio tape. 
and taking a moment to think about that. Because what I was truly trying to do was to push out the negative thoughts out of my brain. And because I felt like I was attracting a lot of negativity um, into my life. And, you know, and that's, that's by way of like financial issues. Um, not so much relationships because my relationships were really were going well. But I think it was more around finances and what I was attracting, feeling stuck in my job, even though I, I kind of liked my job. But also I was feeling stuck and I knew I wanted to do something more. So I'm, I already had this mindset of wanting to work on myself, wanting to do better. And then this movement is like kind of placed in front of me with this complaint free. And I kept thinking to myself, complaint free. And I thought about what that meant, complaint free. And I thought about what complaining is. And all I thought of was it's, it's negative. It's focusing on the negative things. And I thought, man, that's kind of brilliant. Like, I wonder... You know, I want to want to learn more. I want to know more about what this complaint free world movement is. And yes, I was at work, admittedly, <laughs> and um, I still was like, I'm gonna, I want to find out more. So I went to my phone and I Googled complaint free, um, the complaint free world. And I found the website and I was reading through it. And I learned a little bit about Will Bowen, who he was and what the movement was. And I was so intrigued. I remember just feeling like this is such a cool thing. Um, and sorry, I'm trying to do my eyeshadow on this floating on the thing. Anyways, sorry, distraction, distraction. Um, and so I'm like, you know, I want to learn more about who this Will Bowen is. And so I went to social media, to Facebook specifically, and I was like, I just want to find out more. It's, you know, it's this like, you know how people, you can read books and then you find out like they're just weird people or they're just <laughs> not who you think they are. So that was like part of my thought process. Like, who is this guy? Is he legit? Like, you know, whatever. So anyways, I looked him up and to my surprise, his first post is what really struck me. So that day in, it was, in fact, I know the date. It was January 17th, 2017. I remember the date. Um, he had posted on Facebook. His The top post that I saw was, hey, if you want to become a complaint-free trainer, certified trainer, I am doing this program and I want to train 10 people to do what I do. Because his, his, his thought was, look, I've been doing this since 2006 and I'm only reaching barely a fraction of the population because he's only one person, right? And he, he had been on Oprah at that point. Like he, in the earlier, um, what, what year was it? <clears throat> it was either 2006 or 2007, but he was on the Oprah Winfrey show. Um, he had met Maya Angelou and presented her with like the six millionth complaint-free bracelet. That's part of the challenge. But there was all these like really impressive things, which is what led me to look him up more and find out like what this whole movement really is. But the thing was, is that when I read that post about becoming a complaint-free trainer, again, sitting in a cubicle in my comfort zone, <laughs> being keeping to myself, and I just kept thinking, what if, like, could I be a motivational speaker? Like, could I do that? Do I want to do that? Like, it was it was so intimidating, but so, I don't even know what the word is, so enticing at the same time. So it, it just was a weird thing because, like I said, I, I was happy in my life besides, like, trying to get rid of negativity and be better. But a shift in my career, like, I just... So then I like kind of got back to earth. I'm like, okay, 
if I was to apply to do this, like what are the chances? What are the chances that I would even remotely get chosen? I have literally no experience speaking. I mean, besides like forensics back in high school. Remember forensics? Um, <clears throat> I don't even know if they have that anymore. But real quick, I'll tell you what forensics is in case you don't know. It's kind of like, kind of like speech club in a way where you can pick like poetry, prose, um, like group, like it's kind of like acting in a way too. But anyways, you go, you do competitions, um, you know, so I did that. My sister and I both did that and I, and I did like it. Admittedly, I did enjoy it back then and I think I was pretty okay with it. Pretty okay at it, I should say. Um, so anyways, I sat there and I kept questioning like, okay, why am I drawn to this? Like this doesn't make any sense for me. But then, like I said, I talked myself off the ledge. I'm like, okay, even if I apply, like they're not going to pick me. You know, I'm going to be one of like probably thousands of people because Will had, had, has quite a big following. So I'm like, you know what? I think what I'll do is I'll apply. I won't put any expectations on it because likely I'm not going to get picked. <laughs> you know, that was, that was the reality of it. You know, here I am working in medical coding in a little cubicle, why in the hell would they pick somebody like me? Because again, that was my mindset, right? That was my mindset. I'm not good enough. I didn't have the self-esteem, which is why I was listening to personal development. Funny, kind of full circle moment. And so I, I applied. I think I was, I just had to send an email about, you know, why I wanted to become a complaint-free trainer. So I just kind of gave my, my backstory a little bit. I should find that email because I kind of want to see what I wrote back then. Um, and then to my absolute surprise, I think it was about two weeks later, I got an email saying, hey, this is Leah. I work with Will Bowen and I would like to do an interview with you. And I was like immediate panic. Like, what do you mean? Like, you know, I felt like it was almost like a job interview, you know, and I just... So I set it up and it was through Skype back then because um, Zoom wasn't like the big thing, you know, 2017. Um, so I, I set up the, the Skype meeting with her and the interview was like pretty easy. I mean, she basically just asked me a bit about like <clears throat> myself, about, um, you know, kind of my life, um, my, my mindset, I guess. I felt like, you know, like, you know, I'm trying to remember what all the converse, how the conversation went. But I remember telling her about challenges that I had overcome. I had, you know, a year prior is when I had my bilateral mastectomy uh, with deep flap reconstruction. It was a 12-hour surgery. And I had discovered that um, an article that talked about how music has been shown or there's a correlation to listening to music when you are under anesthesia can help speed up the healing process. And so I explained to her what I did was, because you can't have like Bluetooth and electronic stuff of, like of that nature in the operating room. So I found this, um, <coughs> excuse me, headset that basically had the player um, loaded inside. So it just, it, it's all functioning on its own. It doesn't need Bluetooth on that stuff. And I had proposed to my surgeons, hey, could I, you know, could I listen to music during my surgery? And they, they agreed. And so I explained this to her. I'm like, I just feel like I did heal quickly. You know, it was definitely a, a process. I'm not going to lie. Like it was not a fun process, but there was at one point when I was in the, I was in the hospital for like five days, 
recovering. There was one point when my surgeon, the plastic surgeon came in who did um, the reconstructive part, um, which was what took up most of the surgery because I used my own tissue to recreate breasts instead of having implants. I think that's another episode, to be honest. I should walk you all through that sometime. Um, <clears throat> but anyhow, he had a cut into my left side because it was like extensive bruising. He wanted to make sure there wasn't, you know, fluid buildup or something going wrong there. Anyhow, after he did, he stepped back and he goes, you are actually healing at an incredible rate that I haven't seen before. And so like, I explained this to Leah and I said, you know, I do believe that music has an impact. Positivity has an impact because all the music I posted, I put on my, my player was like positive stuff that I really enjoyed. Things that made me feel good, that raised my, my energy, my mood. And so I, I explained to her, like, I believe that, you know, positivity makes your life better. And I, and how I believed in the complaint free movement. So <clears throat> anyway, she said she'd get back to me when they chose the final 10. And <clears throat> again, to my absolute shock, when I got the email saying that I was one that was chosen, I was legit shocked. Like, I just felt like, like kind of why me? When I should have been asking, like, why not me? <clears throat> so, hold on one second, sorry. So I did the interview, or I'm sorry, the interview, I got chosen, and then there was a 16-week training, I believe. I think it was 16 weeks. It was quite, it was, it was a very extensive training, which was fantastic. I hope my, I just finished my makeup and I'm working on my hair now. So I'm hoping that this microphone that I bought isn't going to be <clears throat> making extra noises. Anyhow, okay, so if you hear extra noises in the background, it's because I'm actually like curling my hair because I have a, I have a call in about 20 minutes I have to be on on a Zoom. Okay, <clears throat> back to the story. So this is a 16-week training. There's 10 of us. And as we go around and are just kind of giving basic, you know, introductions of ourselves, who we are, what we do for a living, that kind of thing, I am feeling really self-conscious. I'm feeling like low men on the totem pole. And I feel like, why did they choose me? And again, this is because of my self-esteem issues and whatever else. But the reason why I was feeling that way was because some of the people who are on the call were already doing some sort of public speaking. Um, there was a, a teacher in there who her and I really hit it off uh, right away. And um, we became um, practice partners. Um, but my thought was, they're already like in front of people speaking. And I'm like, how am I going to measure up? You know, so I, I, my mindset then was, okay, if I'm going to do this, like I need to step it up. I need to take all of this training, every single word, every nugget, every, I hate that word, by the way, I don't know why I just said it, nugget, <laughs> every, everything that Will was teaching us, I'm like, I want to learn this, but I want to learn it like on steroids. Like I, I really want to dig in and I want to do exactly what Will is teaching us because I wanted to measure up. I didn't want to fall behind and feel like I was low man on a totem pole. Um, and so that's exactly what I did. So I took it so seriously. I practiced my presentation once, you know, he taught us how to write the presentation. He taught us all the ins and outs of how to um, um, run a speaking business, how to write our talk, because obviously we're teaching his, his thing. So we're teaching complaint free, which, you know, is, is his whole thing. And so we learned all the ins and outs of it. 
and not just that but of the business part so that's where I like learned everything I know about the speaking business which is pretty cool um, let's see where was I at so then what happened was after we went through all the training Will invited everyone to his home to be certified so basically what they did is he took us into like this um, I think it was his wife's yoga studio at the time but um, where it was a recorded presentation we gave the presentation in front of each other and um, you know Will gave us feedback and we had that recording then that's how we got the footage of ourselves so we could kind of hit the road with speaking and let me tell you when I tell you it was an intimidating <laughs> it was very intimidating because Will was behind the camera recording our presentations and you know this was the first presentation I had given I'm trying to think if I gave one at the church or not I don't think I did I think it was after that um, so anyways um, Will's behind the camera right and I remember messing up and so he actually stopped the recording and he was like, okay, you said this. I can't remember what it was. It was something about I was trying to use. Uh, and of course, I'm going to forget his name because that's what I did during the talk too. Is Remember the, the guy on the radio that used to say, and, and now for the, the rest of the story. It was John something. I don't remember. Anyways. Anyhow, so I was using that as an example for whatever story it was I was telling. And of course, I, I said the wrong, the wrong name. So Will called me out and I was just like, I wanted to die. I was just embarrassed and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I just messed up in front of like Will Bowen himself and everybody in the audience. But, you know, he did me a favor. See, he did take it out of the recording, which was awesome. You know, he, they had edited that part. So anyhow, I thought I did pretty good. Besides messing up, um, I thought I actually did pretty good. And so when I got home, I was like all kinds of jacked up. This was like July of 2017. I was all kinds of like excited to just go for it um, and that's what I did so I scheduled you know some free talks uh, the local chamber um, where else did I talk my church um, and I don't remember where other places in the beginning but I gave some free talks for there was like a, a couple of rotary clubs um, so I did my talk gave it some practice got feedback listened to the feedback um, and then something something happened in my life and everything everything changed and I'm gonna talk about that maybe tomorrow I'll talk not tomorrow maybe Wednesday because I kind of want to have a when Wednesday we're talking about my new when stages anyhow okay off topic I keep getting distracted um, so something happened so that was July 2017 and then in August my dad died and my biological dad, my, my stepdad had passed in um, 2000, not 2000, 1999 is when he passed. Um, so my biological dad passed away. And it was one of those moments where, you know, if you ever have one of those like existential crisis, you know, like what does life mean? And what am I doing with my life? And that's kind of what it felt like. Um, and I was upset at, at my job for other stuff. And so I was kind of getting to that point where I was unhappy with my, my full-time job at the hospital. Um, and I knew I wanted to change, but I was terrified, right? Because that's, that's, <laughs> that's um, what's the word? Like your, your comfort zone. It's kind of your, I can't think of the word. I can't think of the word. <laughs> Anyways, you're probably screaming it right now if you're listening to this. It's, you mean this. Anyways, um, and 
when he passed, I just had this long moment. It, it was like days, if not a couple weeks. But so he passed August 10th. And going into September then, I was just, I really wanted to do the speaking thing, but I was terrified. And I just, I couldn't get out of my own head about what I wanted to do and that I just, I couldn't, I couldn't focus on my full-time job. I was dropping the ball, I was unhappy, and I finally was just like, you know what? <laughs> I had to have this conversation with Brian, my husband, and I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I, I am not happy and I know what I wanna do, but I can't do it when I'm working full-time because the speaking gigs I wanted to apply to to get paid where during the day I'd have to travel and I can't do that working full time. And so, you know, we agreed that I would actually just quit my job, which was crazy to me to even think about because I kept thinking, what am I doing? Like, what if we can't make our mortgage? And so what I did was something that if you're in finance, you're probably going to yell at me and be like, you shouldn't have done that. But we did. So what I did was I had a really good 401k built up at the hospital. And so I pulled it. I withdrew. <laughs> We took the penalties, we paid the taxes, but I ended up with enough money that gave us kind of that cushion so that I could quit my job and we didn't have to completely freak out about paying bills and stuff in case I wasn't gonna get booked. Um, and it wasn't easy. It, it was not easy. There were times where we were late on our mortgage because you know, at some point we went through that money because I didn't get booked consistently. Um, not from lack of trying, but I just wasn't getting, I was getting some paid gigs, but I also wasn't charging enough back then either. What's funny is now I look back and Will Bowen was like, when we asked him, when we got certified, like how much should we be charging? And I remember him having a definitive number. He was like, you should not charge less than $2,700. And I just remember thinking, there is no way in hell anyone's going to pay me $2,700 to talk on a stage like there's there's just no way and so <laughs> I did not listen I did not think I was worth that and so my first gig I asked $500 and even then I didn't think I was worthy of that and it's crazy to think back now because when I think back and and if I would have known what I know now I would have realized that it's a mindset and that I was bringing to people an incredible movement that I already had some built some steam like I was kind of like an extension of Will Bowen so absolutely I should have been charging $2,700 but you know it is what it is I just didn't I just didn't believe in myself and that's probably why also I didn't get some jobs because now I know that there is a a mindset you know if I'm if two people are, are doing the same type of presentation leadership communication whatever one person charges 500, the other one charges 2,500. There is a definite uh, mindset and there is a judgment that's around that because you think, even in your own, your own judgments right now as I'm talking about this, you know, think about what are your first instincts when you hear that? You're like, oh yeah, you think the person charging 500 is really new, they don't know what they're doing. The other person has more experience, more knowledge, and they're better. So, I'm sorry. I think that just hit my, the microphone just hit where it should, shouldn't have a minor chin. So if that sounded funny, apologize. Okay, back to it. 
so once I got the 500, I did start charging more. You know, then I upped my price a little bit and then the next time I upped it a little bit more. And so it just kind of, it grew my mindset that way. Um, I learned to charge more. So every time I got a job, I would either, I didn't really double it, but I definitely added on more. Like I'd go from 500 to 750. 750, I remember jumping to 1200 thinking no one's going to hire me for that. And then they didn't flinch. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, okay, I could do this. And I remember the first time I asked 2500 which was right around where Will said I should have been charging. And I got it. <laughs> and it's just, it's, it's amazing. You know, I'm, obviously I did have more experience under my belt by then. But that's basically how I got started doing this. I was so fortunate that Will Bowen essentially handed me, not even essentially, he did hand me a business in a box. He taught me everything <coughs> from writing the talk, giving the talk, finding and booking, you know, paid speaking gigs, told me how much to charge, even though I didn't listen, how to get testimonials. Um, you know, it, it just, most coaches, and that was free back then. He did that for free because we were the first people that he was teaching to, to do this. Um, and so now, man, just think how much he could charge for this. Because now it's not, not only like, some people have a hard time finding their topic, right? People who, they want to motivate people, they don't know where to go. But he gave us the whole topic, the training, the format, you know, the whole layout of it, how to add your stories, how to transition between this and that. Um, so yeah, I, I, I count my lucky stars because if it wasn't for that, I'd still be probably working at the hospital miserable. Or I would have quit and gone to work at a grocery store or somewhere that just would have, you know, where I could have made money and that's it. So I, I count my blessings all the time that, that he gave that to, to those of us who went through his, his training. So when he's still there, he's still, him and his daughter are both, Leah is his daughter, also his assistant. Um, and she's phenomenal. <laughs> his daughter, Leah, like she could book, I mean, she could sell ice to an Eskimo, right? I don't even know if that's a bad thing to say now. Oops, scratch that if that is. Anyhow, but that's, that's a thing. Anyways, so she, she is amazing at what she does. Um, and she knows all the ins and outs of the speaking business as well. And actually, she was actually one of the students who also went through. So I know Leah's done some um, complaint-free presentations as well. As well. So um, anyhow, so that's how I got started in the speaking business and how I continue to get to do what I, what I love to do. Um, I am still passionate about the complaint-free movement. I do speak on some other topics now, like I do teach people you know, how to get on those paid stages, um, how to find their signature talk and how to write their signature talk. You know, so I do have other topics that I speak on now, just going from my own experience um, and what I learned and what I've learned along the way as well. Um, hang on one second. I had to pause you because I had to hairspray my hair because <laughs> I'm done curling. Um, and I do have a meeting here shortly with, actually it's kind of a catch up with a friend to see how I can um, help her, um, help her with doing like a master class or something and just kind of introduce her to my audience more. Um, anyhow, so I'm telling you, I have so ADHD. It's crazy. I need to get diagnosed and <laughs> probably get on something or anyways. So that's, that's how I got into speaking. That's where my story starts and to where we are now. And there's so much more that happened along the way. And I cannot wait to share that with you. So stay tuned. There'll be more episodes. Um, I might even do these daily. I don't know. 
you know, there's going to be a lot of episodes, I think. I have a lot to say. All right, friends, have a great day, and I will talk to you soon.